0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. You are listening to the Revival Fire podcast with Dr. Debbie Rich. You can find her on social media at Debbie Rich Ministries or check her website out at DebbieRichMinistries.org. Now, get ready to receive all that God has for you and enjoy the podcast. When we serve El Shaddai and we serve Jehovah Rapha and we serve Jehovah Jireh, and we serve the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and the earth is his and the fullness thereof. There should be no problem at all tapping into everything we need to do in this hour. So what is the problem? Interesting thought. The heart. The heart. When he has a man or a woman or a boy or a girl who says, nothing that I have is mine I am just a steward of your anointing, of your glory, of your love, of your grace, of your power. I am just a steward of it. Lord, you have my heart. You have my heart. Then that person taps into everything available in the kingdom because they can be trusted with anything that is available. And I want us to go for a few moments to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And I know this is a portion of scripture that some in here have heard more than once. Perhaps many in here have preached it. But how many are ready to go from glory to glory and faith to faith? How many are ready for another revelation that takes us deeper into this moment of time that pastor's been talking about all week? You and I were born into the kingdom for such a time as this, but he must have our hearts. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany. How many believe that the Holy Spirit is the revelator of this word, but he's also the writer of this word, and that he wouldn't give us details that are not important. He's telling us this is six days before the Passover. Why? Because Jesus is about to pay the supreme sacrificial price in six days. And these things are very important that are happening just moments before his his betrayal and his sacrifice. And there are three separate alabaster breakings in the Bible, many people think they're the same one with the same lady, but if you look at the at the details, they're all different. And two of them took place in the last week of his life. And how many know that out of three and a half years of ministry, I believe it's something like 27 days are recorded of Jesus' ministry. So how many would think that the Holy Spirit would put three separate alabaster box breakings in the gospel when he's only pulling out the most important events for John tells us if everything Jesus did and said were recorded there wouldn't be enough books to contain it why waste three alabaster box breakings because each one of them is telling us some of the most significant things about what he wants from us and it says where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. Again, I would think that, that if he just said, this is at Lazarus's house, we can figure the rest of that out. But he's making a point and bringing us back to he's going to the house of the one who had died and who had been raised from the dead. Because that's significant with all the rest of this that's coming. Because Mary and Martha were standing at the tomb of their brother, who, who first they were with him when he was sick. They sent word to Jesus. They just know they're his best friends. Surely he's going to come. They've watched miracle after miracle. He's, he's going to heal him. And what happens? Jesus checks in with the father. He says, don't go yet. So he could only do what the father did and say what the father said. And he said, I can't go. They're already disappointed. Now he dies and Jesus doesn't show up yet. Now he's stinking in the tomb and Jesus hasn't shown up yet. But they were there when he walked up and when he finally came and when he said Lazarus come forth. And they were there when he said loose him and let him go. And they were there when all their hopes had been dashed and everything was gone. And they had lost their precious brother and it was all over and it was dark and it looked like God had failed them. They were standing there when all of a sudden that darkness parted and resurrection life brought their brother out of the tomb and set him free and let him go, and healed him, and delivered him. That's the house he's going to. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to remind us of, because they they didn't want to just thank him for some little nice touch. They wanted to worship him, because he had changed everything in their lives, and he had brought resurrection power to that hopeless situation. And so it says they made him a supper, You didn't know they were Southerners, did you? It wasn't dinner, it was supper. They made him a supper and Martha served, of course. Martha's vacuuming. Obviously, I know they didn't have a vacuum cleaner, but go there with me. She's dusting. She's checking her her recipes. Jesus is coming. This has to be just right. This isn't the night for KFC. She's doing her usual, uh, her her usual, oh boy, this has to be perfect. I, I can't have a speck of dirt anywhere. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Again, why do we need that detail? Can you imagine sitting across or sitting beside from somebody who had been dead for days I remember when Brother Daniel, who was raised from the dead under Reinhard Bonnke's ministry when he was here at the river, and I was here at the same time, and, and I remember as we all had some meals together with pastor, I remember finding it fascinating to sit across from a man and just watch him swallow, who had been embalmed, and the death certificate had been written out, and he, he, was, he was already in the mortuary, and you're watching him chew, and you're watching him swallow. That's fascinating. They are sitting there with their brother who's sitting there beside Jesus. They're telling funny stories. They're fellowshipping. And they would look at their brother and go, he's alive. And they'd look at Jesus and go, because of him. And then they'd look back at their brother and go, he's alive. He's chewing. He's eating with us because of him. This isn't a night where they're just going to throw something together and say, let's see, what do I got? I got some mincemeat. I have some tuna fish. Jesus is coming. The one who changed our hopeless situation. Tonight, tonight he has to know how much we love him. Tonight he must know that we recognize that without him we have nothing, can do nothing and know nothing. That without him our pitiful situation can't go anywhere. But with him, dear God, there is nothing that can stop us or nothing that can hold us back or nothing that can kill us or nothing that can cause our ministries not to go forth if he has our heart. If he has our heart. So Lazarus was chewing and swallowing and laughing at funny stories. And then Mary. And then Mary. Martha's getting the recipe just right for roasted lamb tonight. And maybe maybe chocolate mousse. Not moose head soup like I had to eat in Alaska in the villages, but chocolate mousse. Jesus is here. It's got to be just right. And Mary said, no, I got to take worship up a little higher than this. The Bible says, Mary took a pound of ointment, a spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment or in other versions, the fragrance. Now, I want us to stop there for a moment Martha's doing some awesome things. I'm gonna serve Jesus and, and we need to serve and, and we have to be doers and we can't just sit around and, and bask without getting up and doing, and that's awesome. But then there's the person who always says, I need more. I'm still hungry, I'm still thirsty, i I love the master. I worship the master, and my worship has to go higher today. It has to go higher than it's ever gone before. We all enjoyed a while ago lifting our hands and being taken away in that place of worship. But it's so interesting to me that, in fact, we sang the chorus this week, and I got a kick out of it because I've used this example for years that that years ago when, when, that first, when that chorus first became so popular, when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness and how he set me free, I want to praise, 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 praise. All night, all night, as an evangelist, I would go to a church that would add on 10 verses to that. And then the next church had to outdo them, and they'd have 20 And it would be, I want to jump, jump, jump. I want to twist, twist, twist. I want to run, run, run. I want to dance, dance, dance. And as the evangelist, I wanted to sing, I want to rest, rest, rest. And uh, I I love all of those verses. and, And we need to remind the church, stretch a little bit. Wake up a little bit. Give him something. Don't just sit there on your blessed assurance. He's the king of kings and Lord of lords. And remind yourself. And that's awesome. But I couldn't help but think in one of these churches when we were doing about 20 of those, and I was breathing hard, and I thought, how come nobody ever says, when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness and how he set me free, I wanna give, 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 give all night, all night. And when I I just sort of asked that question in my heart, I heard the Holy Spirit say, Debbie, that's pretty obvious. It's a lot easier to twist, twist, twist than it is to give, give, give. But can you imagine Mary going, Lord, you raised my brother from the dead when it was hopeless." Lord, you rescued me when I was just thrown away in life and could have been in a ditch somewhere. Lord, you rescued our whole family. You're our everything. I'm going to twist. <laughs> I think you would have said, overwhelming. Overwhelming. That's That's all right. But there's a time that worship has to go a little bit higher. Unless we're handicapped this morning, everyone in here can raise our hands. Everyone in here can move our feet a bit. Everyone in here can shout. Everyone in here can sing. Everyone in here can can tell him verbally, I love you. But there is a time to say, I've got to put something. If my heart is really in it, I've got to really show you that my love is sacrificial. That you mean everything everything to me. Thank God the Bible does not say, for God so loved the world that he twisted. (laughs) For God so loved the world that he waved his hand, that he blew a kiss. (laughs) For God so loved the world that he raised his hand once, that he sang a song. Our Bible says, My God so loved me and loved this world that he gave. And he didn't just pick out something let's see, what do I got here? Yeah, that'll work. He gave his best, he gave his only, he gave his last, he gave his most precious, he dug down and it cost him everything to be separated from his son as those clouds filled the sky and as darkness came and he had to look away because he could not look at your sin and my sin that his son had just become. It cost him everything. Not just a little song. Oh, I love to worship. And then people are shouting. People are dancing. People are running. And then you say, okay, it's time to make a difference in this nation. It's time to take the nation back. It's time to all come together and sacrificially do what we need to do. Oh, that part again. Let's get back to worship so I can wave at him. So I can tell him how much I love him. So I can twist a bit. That's what I came for. Yeah. Yeah. Mary said, No, not tonight. Not tonight. I've got to take worship to another level. To another level. The New King James says very costly. The Amplified, that I don't have with me in this trip, I believe says very expensive. Oh, Holy Spirit, we don't need those kinds of details just say she gave something because I don't know about you but all my life I heard it's just the thought that counts anybody else ever heard that stupid saying that people think is in the Bible and it's only found in the book of Isaiah so they say it doesn't doesn't matter what you give just give something it's the thought that counts Anybody ever tried to go to the grocery store and pay for your groceries with a thought? (laughs) Just, you just tell him how much you love him. Can you imagine going into Safeway and and saying, money for these groceries? Are you guys in it just for the money? I tell you what, I'm verbally going to express how much I love you. (laughs) Safeway is the best chain in the country. I love your store. That's nice, but can you put something behind that? Oh, it's the thought that counts. I had a great thought about you today. <laughs> How many people at your anniversary? And I'm not saying that, that it has to be something that's very costly if you don't have it, but it has to be costly for where you're at. Can you imagine when your wife hands you the anniversary present, even if it was just this homemade card that she put all this time into? And I, I just love you, honey. And he goes... Me too, had a thought about you. You had a thought about me. There's something about love that says I got to go to another level here. So, very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. She let down that hair, that symbol of her glory. And she said, when I'm in your presence, I am undone. I know who you are. She wasn't even in the new covenant yet. She was in that one right in between the old and the new. She wasn't even born again. She wasn't even baptized in the Holy Ghost. She didn't know joy unspeakable and full of glory. Like we're getting to bask in day and night. But she said, I know this, that I was nothing till I met the master. And I know Oh, he changed our life and even without all of that I know that I have to love on him tonight and take it to another place and yet today born again spirit-filled Christians there have been times that as I've taught on the tie that that you, you know some religious idiot I mean person always comes up to you and says says um, you had us in the Old Testament today you were reading out of Malachi and I've on occasion said, you're right, sir. Uh, actually, technically, of course, you're wrong because I did not take you back under the law today because, because uh, Abraham tied to Melchizedek hundreds of years before the law was established. And Well, I'm not going to go there. I'll be off there. Anyway, but I said, but I will give you this that I had you in the Old Testament. I apologize and smile breaks out. Tonight, I'll take you into New Testament giving. We'll forget about that 10% stuff. Oh, good, good. I'll come back tonight. And then I get to the part where his servants, not even born again, knew enough that 10% right off the top goes to my God even Jacob, in his, his unrenewed state, before his name was changed, still a shyster, said, I know this, that 10% of all I have or ever will have belongs unto you. Even in that state, before he had had his Bethel experience and a name change. But I said, you know what? Let's forget about those guys, though. Mary in the interim, coming into the New Testament said, forget about Old Testament 10%. I'm going to take a year's wages because I've been changed by the master and I'm going to let it run down you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet because I've met the Lord. Right then they're happy to go back into Malachi. They don't like hearing a year's wages. And the house was filled the house was filled, <laughs> the house was filled with that glorious perfume and oil mixture, that beautiful fragrance where if people would have been approaching the house that day and they're still on the porch, they haven't even come in. What do I smell? What is that beautiful smell? It filled the entire house, not just his clothing, not just his hair, not just his, his, his personage, But the whole house, you know what it's like when the glory comes in and you can worship it down, you can preach it down, you can prophesy it down, you can pray it down, but the body of Christ must get a revelation that you can can give it down when it's from a heart of, oh God, all that I have is yours until the whole house is smelled with the perfume of that fragrance. Before we finish that out, I just want to share uh, an example of that. Don't miss miss one moment of these meetings. You could miss eternal destiny. You could miss your whole life being changed. In the moment, you think, oh, this is the one. i got to get some sleep. i got to catch up on my laundry. And you come and find out, I missed that. There was a camp meeting several years ago. I can no longer tell you which year. They kind of all run together after a while. But Pastor Rodney extended his camp meeting to nine weeks, I believe, and um, and I had had the privilege of teaching on stewardship several nights in a row. I went back to the restroom before the service, and a lady was in there, and she's weeping, and she said, "I've just." She grabbed me. I didn't even know her. I'd never seen her before. I didn't think, and she said, "I've just got to tell you, I've gotten a hold of this this week. I've never heard teaching like this." She said, my husband and I are so poor. She said, we have one little girl. And she said, we just have a small little apartment, and we're called to be missionaries. And she said, but I've got a hold of this. And you know what happened today? She said, first of all, we got a phone call from our relatives saying, don't go to those meetings. It's a cult. And, and we know you guys don't have anything. We'll give you, listen to this carefully, we'll give you $500 if you don't go to any more of those meetings. And isn't the devil cheap? <laughs> and, and $500 would have meant a lot to them. But she said, not compared to the gold I'm getting in these meetings. Not, the gold of the word. The gold of the anointing. The gold of faith. The gold, No, not on your life. We're not going to stay away. She said, I went to the laundromat. She said a lady was weeping, and she was very pregnant. I asked her what was wrong, and she said, I don't have anything. I'm about to have my baby. I'm sleeping on a cement floor. And she grabbed her and said, I give you our bed. You don't have to sleep on a cement floor anymore. She called her husband, you know, bring something down, or we got to take this lady home or something to get our bed, and he was furious. And she said he was so mad at her, you gave our bed away? She said, we don't have much of anything else to give, and I'm getting this. And she said, listen to me, we, we at least have carpet, and I'm not pregnant. And and he's so furious, and she's telling me this whole long thing. And I said, well, I said, lady, that's awesome, and uh, God bless you. And I went to leave the restroom, and <laughs> I've never done this before or since. But I turned around in the restroom, and, and I... I, for a moment, I prophesied to her, but I I was just saying, uh, anyway, I said, yes, you got a hold of this, and God's about to give you a breakthrough that will blow your mind, and it'll be much sooner than you think. How many know when you're speaking by revelation, your mind doesn't even begin to grasp it yourself? I had no idea what God was about to do, and I left there, went out the service, and of course, Pastor Rodney, nobody else knew what had taken place, and he called me up to um, to minister that night and i was ministering on this subject the alabaster box and at the end of it as the glory moved in here and people are worshiping and people are bringing their offering up and pastor got up and he said you know the glory's here i don't even think i'm going to i don't even think i'm going to preach and all of our eyes were closed and we were worshiping god and all of a sudden i heard him say lady you in the back and of course we're all used to that and, uh, but I open my eyes and just a little curious, and I look and way back there, he goes, You come up here. And I look and I thought, Oh, it's that lady. Nobody knows about this, but I wonder what's gonna happen. He didn't even say, Tell us who you are, you know, as sometimes where somebody might say what they're going through. She didn't say anything. He just said, Feld. She hits the floor, and spontaneously, the river began to throw an offering on her. And I'm standing in my seat going. (laughs) And, of course, the river being the river. Now, they've just given an an offering here that would, you know, that was incredible. And they spontaneously begin to just pile on this lady. People are going to the bookstore, laying down books and jewelry and taking their rings off, their bracelets, you know, on and on and on. And all of a sudden, a man comes running up, kneels down beside her, and he's just heaving. He's weeping, oh, God, forgive me. And I thought, ooh, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I, that must be that must be the irate husband who didn't like his bed being given away. And um, the next thing I know, they're piling finances on him and jewelry and books and all that. And a man comes running out of the audience and he says, I'm a visiting pastor from another city. And he said, God just told me to give you my brand new pickup truck and throws the keys down. And and of course, the place is going bonkers, but nobody like me, I'm going much sooner than you think. Yes, much sooner than any of us would have even imagined. And I, I don't even think I could move. I'm so riveted. And... I never interrupt pastor and you know everybody's caught up in the glory and I couldn't I couldn't take the time to tell him this whole long story. And uh, but I at least one I didn't tell him about their bed or all of that. We didn't have time. We're in the middle of the meeting. But I said, Do you know that, that they have relatives offer them to to give them five hundred dollars if they didn't come anymore? And I remember he jumped and he went, Oh, the devil's a cheapskate. Somebody count this and see what they and, and they came back down, I think they said that was like $4,500, a new pickup truck, Bibles, and and tapes, and CDs, and DVDs, and and, and the Word of God. And uh, she could have missed her moment. And of course, it's not about those. That's where people miss it. Okay, if I, I've even had people come up to me. So how much do you give to get the kind of miracles you're always talking about? And, and you just want to go... Never mind, never mind. I don't think Mary said, I wonder if I do oil and perfume if I would get a new dress. I wonder if, if I do half the jar if I get a blouse. She said, the master is here tonight. And speaking of that fragrance, six days later, He is led away to be bruised for our healing. And as those stripes came across him, boom, for your cancer. Going clear to the spinal column and that flesh hanging like raw hamburger. Boom, for your high blood pressure. And the stench of that perspiration and that blood and that flesh going in all directions as we saw in the Passion even the Roman soldiers who did that all the time for a living had to be going, oh, there's gotta be another way to make a living. This stinks. The raw flesh and blood and, and sweat, and oh, this stinks. Boom! Wait a minute. Do you smell something sweet? Do you smell something beautiful? One woman's sacrifice had permeated the layers of his flesh and was helping to sustain him at moments when he's remembering betrayal and Gethsemane. And I've got to become sin. Every child molester, every, every murder, I've got to become that. And it's not just going to be put on me. I've got to become that. I'm going to be separated from my father but oh somebody loved me somebody told me they knew who I was somebody told me uh, that, that I meant everything to them I smell that sweet worship right in the middle of my pain <sighs> uh. <laughs> You know, many times I like to finish this and get into the religion of Judah and where most of Judas, where most of the church is at, complaining. Maybe some of you might be thinking now, "Ah, this lady, come on! We came for pastor and we came for, for twisting and no, we we came for just the joy or we came to roll or run. Oh, I love every moment of all of that, all of that." But that has to go somewhere deep in the heart and change your life or it will only be a twist and a laugh. Alabaster is a substance that is mined in Egypt deep out of the ground. They have to twist it and pull it, twist it and pull it, twist it and pull it to bring it to the surface. And that that precious year's wages that the Holy Spirit reminds us of. We don't know where she got it. We don't know if she worked a year for it. We don't know if it was her inheritance. We don't know if she said, hey, I'm alone. I'm going to need this someday for my retirement. We don't know what it was for and how she got it. But when she met the master, she said, I lay it down at his feet. He's going to know that I love him tonight. And it only took one moment to break that seal of that alabaster box, but we're still smelling it in the church over 2,000 years later. And the Holy Spirit made sure it was recorded three different ladies in three different situations because he loves love and he loves worship and he loves sacrifice and he loves knowing he has our hearts. The Holy Spirit wants to twist in every one of these meetings and pull up and twist and pull up and squeeze and pull up and squeeze and pull up. No wonder people are on fire and screaming and rolling. He is twisting and pulling up and he's going where the knife of man cannot go and he's going where no psychiatrist can go, where no psychologist can go, where no life coach can go, where no self-help program can go, where no AA meeting can go, and he's going where only he can go, and taking somebody that everybody said it's over, they're gone, they're dead, there's no way they can do anything or come back, but that same Holy Spirit says, if they will yield to me, you watch what I will do, if they will give me their heart. And let me keep twisting and pulling and twisting and pulling until we say, it's done." have me, have me, have me. She could have said, Lord, you know I love you. And when I have all the retirement laid up or when I get a husband or, or when the kids are raised or when the bills are paid or When the mortgage is paid off and when I'm through with Bible school, when I get a promotion, when I get, I promise you, I've grabbed what we've heard in these services. I promise you I'm going to be the best giver. Oh, yeah? What do you have? What have I done for you? How much do you love me? People misunderstand. Can we buy the anointing? Absolutely not. He's paid the entire cost. Can we buy salvation? He paid it all, that great sacrifice, because God loved and gave his only. We're not doing any of that. We're coming back to say, I know you're here, and I love you, and I thank you. And we aren't putting out the KFC and the plastic plastic forks and knives and paper plates tonight. Oh, God, I love you. And religion hates that. Religion will say, how long are you going to take on this? Tell the hearts are twisted and pulled up and twisted and pulled up. And the seal is broken. We have an opportunity. You know, we. I, I when I talked about my testimony the other night, I talked about the anointing in this ministry. And we could talk about that forever. How many lives have been changed forever? I remember the day, and I just don't, don't dare and don't want to take that much time to tell you the whole story, but I remember the day that, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm thinking of so many at the same time, but times in camp meeting, I'm like, oh, God. Okay, okay, Pastor. Okay. All right. As I go to tell this, please, by the Holy Spirit, oh, God, give me the words that this never comes out about a car or about patting myself in the back, but sometimes you got to give real examples for people to even begin to see what you're talking about. There was a camp meeting where I had given all I had to, and how many, I didn't finish the other night when I said, when I caught the key in that meeting in Anchorage, you know, I saw pastors writing out $5,000 checks, a $1,000 checks, and And here I was pastoring a little church in Alaska, and I was so embarrassed. I had had two quarters, and we needed milk in our house. And every night I was believing for enough gas to get into those meetings over those icy roads. And my husband walked out the door with the worship leader, 50 cents. It's not even going to buy him a cup of coffee Plus, it's going to plunk in there when I put it in. Plunk, plunk. Uh oh, there's a pastor. <laughs> and I remember thinking, whew, I could, surely he would understand me keeping a hold of this 50 cents. It's not sending his ministry anywhere. Not even buying a cup of coffee these days, especially on Alaskan cost of living. But uh, I could hold on to it and hope when I get some more, I can buy a gallon of milk. Or that's all I'll ever be doing right there. Or I can count this as seed and say, I'm not staying here. (laughs) I'm not staying here. Everything you told me as a child, Lord, about going to the nations of the world, I know that that is not dead. I am not staying here. And not only going to the nations, I want to live to bless other people and get other people going in the ministry. And I want to build Bible schools, and I want to build churches, and I want to feed the hungry, and I want to clothe the naked. And and I want to... But first of all, Lord, I use this seed tonight, my plunking two quarters... But it was my 100% and somebody writing out a $100 check that has, you know, 50000 sitting in their church excess account in case they ever have an emergency when they're not even doing anything. I don't know what kind of an emergency they could have <laughs> uh, in case the church has a bad day. Well, it looks like it's having one. Maybe you better empty it now. <laughs> looking at the dead people, but you know, I'm going to give, uh, uh, I'm a pastor, I think I'll put in a hundred, most people are only putting in five or ten, I think I'll drop a hundred with 20,000 in their account, or even if they had 5,000 in their account, compared to a lady's 50 cents when it's 100%. Lord, my oil and my perfume is going in tonight, not only a seed, but to say thank you to a ministry. That as I was laying there on the floor and being carried out, <laughs> how much would a surgery cost to fix a broken heart? I wonder. How much would it cost to go? Man, I've been abused, I've been called every name in the book, I've been cheated on, I've been hit even when I'm pregnant. <laughs> And I have no self-esteem left, and I can't even look somebody in the eye. In fact, I didn't even know how bad it was until at one of the early, I think it was in Louisville, Kentucky, I think it was the first camp meeting I was at, there was a lady there from Raymond Bible Training Center that I have worked with on occasion because I worked for them when I went to school there. And and I don't think I've ever seen her in another meeting since, and I was so surprised to see her. But pastor had said something about this is a fiery evangelist you need to have in your church. And she came up to me, and she goes, I'll never forget it. She poked me, and she goes, Debbie, is it you? It can't be. Debbie, she's poking me so much, I'm like, all right. like, I'm being molested here. <laughs> she just keeps going, Debbie, is it you? It can't be. She said, you, in these kind of meetings, you, an evangelist, I was in the teacher's group in school, and, and, uh, and she said, you in these kind, this joy, actually she didn't say joy because she didn't understand it. I think she said these laughing meetings, which you can tell how much she was grabbing. But anyway, you, you were, and I thought, oh, this isn't going to be good, I don't think. But what was I? <laughs> you were so depressed. And we knew something was going on in your home that you couldn't or wouldn't talk about. And you always had your head down and you were quiet and you didn't want to talk to anybody. And, and while she's saying all this, I thought, I wasn't that bad. I was covering that up pretty well. And besides that, I was always a people person and outgoing. I just didn't know her very well. So I didn't. I'm i I'm defending myself in my mind. And I heard the Holy Spirit break through that and say, oh, that you were that bad and worse. But she hasn't insulted you she has given you the most supreme compliment on the face of the earth that in one moment of my glory i can take an individual and so change them that the people who knew them have to poke them and stare at them and say no this cannot be you and he said you tell the people that what i've done in you i will do in them and i will continue to do it in you as long as you yield to me from glory to glory to glory Until the people who recognize you now won't recognize you again in a year or five years or ten years. So with that, what do you do? Look at your two quarters and go, it's mine? (laughs) My only regret was, oh God, I wish this was a hundred thousand. I wish this was a million because I don't have words and I'm sure not going to (laughs) twist. I don't have I thank God for the tongues of men and of angels and for a thousand tongues. But even then, there's something, something else I want to do to say thank you. I said, but someday, this is just the beginning. These plunking quarters, I don't care. It's just... The beginning Because someday we'll write out the $100 check And we did and not very long Someday we'll write out the $1,000 check And we did and not very long Someday we'll write out the 5000 check And we did and not very long Someday we'll write out the $10,000 check And we did and not very long And I haven't I, I remember leaving a, another camp meeting Where I felt led to get my alabaster box Everything was gone The personal account Everything in the ministry account Because I've been given like you have In all the meetings And then it was another service like this this only pastor was teaching, and I went. No, there's got to be something else. There's got to be something else. And I looked down, and I had a piece of jewelry around my neck, uh, the only expensive one I had ever bought myself. Anything else had been given to me, and I was still paying on it. But I thought, Man. and it had sentimental value because it was a Wells Head with the gold from Alaska, and anyway, and uh, and a black pearl in it. And I thought, wait a minute everything's gone, I've even given on my credit cards, and I'm not telling you to do that, please listen to me, I'm not telling you, unless the Holy Ghost said to, but in my case, it was just another stretch of faith for me, in my case, you got to hear from the Holy Spirit, not from your emotion, not from your flesh, but I knew I did, and so even when I couldn't do that any longer, I looked at that necklace and went, (laughs) okay, God, I say thank you again, and I got to go to another level. Do you know a pastor called me that day where I was supposed to be going after camp meeting in Alaska, Sitka, Alaska. He's now the the uh, uh, superintendent of the Assemblies of God of Alaska, which I prophesied he'd become. And he laughed at me because he was in a little country church in Nome when, when that all began. And, but... He was now in Sitka, a bigger church, and he said, Debbie, I can't have you come. And I said, why? And he said, even though this is a much bigger church, they don't give like Gnome did. And I know you, you pay your own expenses everywhere you go. You won't even get your plane ticket back. And I knew that was only part of it. And I said, when have I ever asked you to guarantee anything? When have I ever asked you for a certain amount? You know me. I trust God. Just let me teach and believe God. That's all I ask Oh, I don't know, and, and I know you're at Pastor Rodney's camp meeting, and if I know you, you've probably given everything. And I said, what does that have to do with anything? That means i got a big harvest coming. <laughs> well, I don't know. All right, but maybe instead of a week, maybe we should only go half a week. I thought, oh, good grief. First Sunday morning, first Sunday morning, the entire church answered the altar call of 150 people, and the pastor went, ha. Huh. Do they understand what you're saying? And I gave it, and they did, and they all came. He goes, yeah, let's keep going all week, and we ended up going two weeks. And not only did we have a great miracle offering, but listen to this, people. I, I wanted to receive a second offering for Good News New York, and the, you know, and I did, and we had a good offering come in for that. And then the pastor said, we have some people here that have a jewelry store and they want you to come down to their store and bless them and bless the store that it will prosper. I said, sure, I'll be happy to do that. And I got delayed by some other people wanting to talk to me. So by the time I got there, the owners of that store were gone. But I thought I can still walk around. I can still just bless the store. And, and Lord, we believe that this is going to be used for your kingdom and you know, when I finish, you're just walking by the counter, and I couldn't help but notice a particular ring. I'm not even going to describe it. I had never seen anything like it. And so unique that I just looked for a second, and I saw the price tag and thought, just keep walking and praying and blessing, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and never, never gave it, never gave it another thought. <laughs> never gave it another thought. And, and then I got a call. This couple wants to meet you for lunch. Would you meet them for lunch before you go to the airport? Sure. I get there. They said, uh, we have a little token of our appreciation. Our lives are changed forever. And I saw the little box. And again, being a rocket scientist and knowing they own a jewelry store, I thought, hmm, chances are I'm getting some jewelry. And opened the lid, and I think I went, it was that ring i had just looked at and they weren't in there and they were down at the restaurant waiting and i said i started to cry and i said did you know how do you have camera and they just smiled never said anything but this is what i want to get to which by the way a month later the lord had me <laughs> so that <laughs> but but but, <laughs> but i had it for a couple of days it was pretty <laughs> And, uh, but here's what I heard. Here's here's what I heard the Holy Spirit say. I'll never forget this. While I'm eating lunch. Steak, by the way, Pastor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, while I'm eating lunch, I heard him say, When you took off that necklace, I never heard you say, I'm sewing for jewelry. I never heard you say, I'm so, un- isn't it about time? I'm blessed back. Isn't- I heard you say, <laughs> souls, the kingdom, thank you. Thank you for a life that should be in a mental ward that's seen souls run into the kingdom all over the world. <laughs> uh, this is just a stupid little necklace, but God, it's about all that's, That's pricey that's left and I'm sure not going to, if David knew enough in the Old Testament to say, are you kidding me? You think I would sacrifice something free that didn't cost me unto my God who gave us everything? You think I'm just going to throw, it's got to be, it's got to be dug and twisted and pulled up. And he said, but because you did that and because I know I can trust you and because I know you will never hold on to anything for yourself, I not only have blessed the ministry back with a tremendous offering and, and for Pastor Rodney for, for New York, and but I, I want you to know that I can let you have a couple of things along the way as long as you know they belong to me too. And that, that, that it's just a way I'm kissing you back and saying, I know your heart and I have your heart. Now, one last one. It's the one that I really started to tell when I got here. These things from glory to glory to glory. I've been on the road three and a half months and was tired. Two meetings a day. I always did every week, too. We all followed along behind pastor until we couldn't quite keep up. <laughs> In the end, and uh, and uh, so I'm always flying on Saturday many times across the international date line and and exhausted, and you haven't him laid down on a Friday night. And anyway, my uh, <laughs> we had flown him from from actually Washington State. I now live there, but I didn't back then. I was living here in Tampa, but I had done some meetings out there, and a lot of things had happened with the weather and plane delays and mechanical problems. And I've been up all night, had not slept at all, actually for two nights in a row, and. Some of these things, pastor doesn't even know until now. But on the way home, I said to LaShawn, who was my assistant at the time after Katie. And I said to LaShawn, we've got to get back for Sunday morning service. I've got to get refilled again. I don't care if we don't sleep one more night. I, I'm not even going to unpack. We're going straight to the meeting. I've got to have more. We've been out. Anybody who gives out should have enough sense to know I can only give out what I have. And i got to stand there in that line time after time and say, me, Lord, more. And so we came, and I I whispered to her, oh, surely he won't call on me to do anything. I don't even know what planet I'm on. And I was sitting down there wishing I had toothpicks for my eyes. And he said, Debbie, why don't you come up and testify? And I thought, oh, where am I? I?" And afterwards, he said, you want a fellowship upstairs? Sure, I'd be honored to. And I'm thinking, okay, I'll just make it through lunch, and I'm going to go home and go to sleep. And he said, how would you like to come with me and the team today to a hungry pastor's meeting except they weren't that hungry till we got done, and then they finally got hungry. But, but they, they called at Hungry Pastors Meeting in, in Tennessee, and, and I said, I don't know what time do we go. Meet me back at the airport here in a couple of hours. And I went, oh, I haven't even unpacked. And I said, I haven't unpacked. Well, what does it take? Throw it out, throw something else in. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, oh, this is such an honor if I can just figure out what planet I'm on. And, and on the plane, he said to me, Debbie, watch how God, what God's put in you and and how you've been faithful to give it out. But he said, and he was so prompted by the Holy Ghost. We had never had this discussion, but he had heard me talking to somebody else one day when we're joking about different kinds of cars we like. And some of the guys were talking about motorcycles they like. And I said, you know, I always had a dream when I was a little girl of a Corvette. But I, I had let that dream go a long time ago. I wasn't even thinking about it anymore. And one time I went and looked at him. But when I saw the price, I thought they should have two bedrooms and a living room. And when I didn't see that, I thought, no, it needs to go in the kingdom. And anyway, he said, I think it's time God wants to bless you with, with a really nice car. And I said, well, pastor, he said, why, why don't you get one? And I said, I could and not give the way I'm given, or not put people through Bible school. I had put 15 of them through Bible school at that time. And he said, I'm going to believe somebody either gives you the down payment for one or gives you a car or something. It's just time, Debbie, and he grabbed my hand and prayed that way, and I thought, well, that's kind of unusual. I've never seen him do that before, but yes, amen. We go into the meeting. I finish ministering, and he's getting up to minister, and I notice some guy has taken my seat from Australia. That figures, huh? (laughs) And uh, he's actually a man. I had helped him do his camp meeting once, and I hadn't seen him in several years, and Yes, they are. And he came and he sat down and he said, Debbie, I don't know what this is about, but God just laid it on my heart to give you my Mercedes. And he said, There's some car you've been believing for. It's for you personally, not your ministry. And I went, This is an hour after a pastor prayed that on the, on the plane. An hour. And I went, Oh, I got a story to tell you later, but I can't now. A pastor's preaching. And then I got a call from him. When I went back to my room, he said, another pastor wants to buy it from me. He heard about it. And he said, he'll send you the check. And I tithe off of, and anyway, it wasn't going to be the amount of, of what I was looking for, but what a down payment it was. And I began to look in the internet. I said, God, I'm believing you for a low mileage one, not brand new, but low mileage. And and it was a Corvette, and I, I had to have red. And I saw yellow, I saw blue, I saw silver, and I went maybe. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, "If I've done this when you never even asked for it, don't you think I can give you red?" Look again. I looked, and in Sanford, just real close to us here, there was a, a convertible, everything I wanted, with only six thousand miles on it, at a, an incredible price, and with that down payment. It, anyway, I had to. I couldn't even get home. Uh, by the time it was delivered to my house, I'm back out in the road again. I called him and tried to get him to drive it, and he didn't want to. And I said, no, it would be part of my first fruits. And finally one night he said, all right, the wind's blowing through my hair. This thing can go pretty fast. And I said, thank you for driving it. It just means a lot to me because I wouldn't even have had it. And so then I'm finally back home again. I think I got to drive it a couple, few weeks, a couple weeks back out in the road. I maybe had it total, I don't know. Uh, maybe got to drive at three or four weeks worth. And in a meeting like this, believing for believing for great awakenings. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Pastor was teaching on stewardship out of 1 Chronicles 29. He said, David, God wouldn't let David build the house but he didn't say you can't pay for it. And the Bible says out of his private treasure, he gave unto the Lord. And pastor says, does he have your heart? And I said, yeah, Holy Spirit, you know you have my heart. And he said, do I have your heart? And I was getting kind of offended by now. Of course you have my heart. Do I have your heart? Yes, Lord. And then the next thing I heard was, would you give me your new car that you haven't got to drive very much and that you'll still be paying on for six years? Uh, You want my new car? My only car. (laughs) Lord, if you want it, I'll give it. But I made sure, and listen to this carefully, that I wasn't doing something just out of emotion. I knew he had spoken to me, but I took a week to play that song. I went and bought it, that CD, and had it playing with that top down, the alabaster box. You weren't there the night he touched me. You weren't there the night he wrapped his loving arms around me. And you don't know the cost (laughs) of the oil in my alabaster box. And after I was done playing that for a week, I, I drove out to pastors. I had a friend of mine drive behind me so I'd have a way home. They had company. I had to wait for the company to leave and... I said, it's time for another level, and I took a painting out of the trunk of the vet that was my second most precious thing, Kincaid, and gave it to him for their new home, and he said, no, we got so much, we don't need your painting. I said, it's not about need. Aren't you the one who always preaches that? It's about what I must do. All right. And I said, but really, that was just a distraction. Here's what I really came to give you, and I gave him the keys, and as you know how quick Pastor is, but I think that's the only moment I've seen him look a little confused. He goes, that's your keys. Yes, I've got to break open another alabaster box tonight. And he said, no, Debbie, we're not going to take your car. I've got cars I can't drive. I'm busy. I'm, I'm not even home. to." I said, I know that. I know you don't need a stupid Corvette, <laughs> but I need to give it. And I said, you gave me a key to breakthrough up in Alaska when I had a total car, no way to go down the street, and I was called to go to the world, but you gave me the key to breakthrough, and now I've made duplicates of that key, and I will pass them out to anyone in the spirit realm that will take them, but I need to go to another level for the nations, for our country. Finally, I'm weeping, and he says, all right, I'll take your car, and I thought, there, and then he goes, but I don't have time to drive it. He said, um, I just feel led to give it to someone else. And we all have flesh. I remember thinking for a moment, I wonder who this lucky person is. I, pr- I probably know him, and I'm going to see him in my car. And uh, then I heard him say, she's a wonderful woman of God. And I'm like, she? I'm going down the No, 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 no. That is not the deal. And he started laughing. He said, I take the car. It's my car but I'm sending it back home with you to drive. I'll take it out sometimes, maybe when I'm home on a weekend. But you just put it in your garage. I don't have time for it, or I don't have a place for it. And and on the way home, I was crying. He doesn't know how I was crying. Go God, that's not the way it was supposed to be. I had to break open my alabaster box tonight, and I'm driving it home. That's not the way. I spent a week praying and singing that song, and I'm driving this stupid thing back home. Not too many people are bawling because they're driving a Corvette home with a top down, but I was. And, And the Holy Spirit said, oh, you broke it. I watched it. Hell watched it. The angels watched it. Your pastor watched it. Doesn't matter if you're putting it in a garage. You broke it. And God began, I can't tell you, Pastor Todd and Katie can tell you, going to his father's church, a, a small church at that time, turned down the opportunity of a large church I'd been believing to go to with opportunities with many, but I wanted to keep my word to their church. A lady who doesn't go to their church starts running around the building, comes up and says, I got a, I got something for you. First she had given me a check for 10000 and she said, you haven't cashed it yet, have you? And I said, no, and she goes, good, I need it back. And I went. I had just come from camp meeting again and had unloaded everything. You need it back. Awesome. Let me get it out of my purse. And and then I gave it to her, and she said, because I made a mistake. That wasn't the one I was supposed to give. Okay. She hands me another one, and I looked, and I I took off dancing all over that church. People told me I knew how much it was by the way you danced. We had never seen you dance like that. (laughs) I had never seen so many zeros in all my life. It was 100,000. We probably had a crowd of 25 that night, and we had laid down a big church to go to. But I never want that misunderstood. It's not about people here that, okay, then if I do that, maybe I'll get 100 grand. Maybe I'll get a... No, 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 no. It hasn't been twisted and pulled up yet. hasn't been twisted and pulled up. Now, we have... A moment, a divine moment in history this week. This week. You may say, oh, you're the preacher up there just trying to take up an extra big offering. No, then you need it twisted and pulled up. Right before the Revolutionary War, I've I've watched. (laughs) Pastors got me so stirred up. I'm watching all this stuff too and preaching it up in liberal Washington state. Where marijuana was legalized and same sex marriage and oh, goes on and on. So I'm, and we're live streaming it out of our little church, we're live streaming it. And I'm going, another thing. (laughs) But we, I've been watching these documentaries of the price our founding fathers paid nothing they had, they counted unto themselves. This is for freedom, this is for the birth of a nation. And a lot of them, even though a lot of them were born again and some filled with the Spirit, they still didn't know. They didn't have the advantage of the revelation we do in this day as more and more has been received and taught. And, and they didn't sit in these kind of meetings day and night, day and night, day and night, hearing these testimonies, these miracles. These, they, and even then they said, for the price of freedom, nothing we have is our own. We the body of Christ, and when I say the body of Christ, you know how many people call themselves the body of Christ that aren't, or even barely born again and going to slide in by the skin of their teeth, maybe, but don't ever want to do anything, don't want to win souls, don't want to, it goes on, and on So, the true body of Christ, I have no idea what that percentage would be, or that hasn't bought into the greasy grace message. Well, Anyway. The true body of Christ, I wonder how many are out there. I really think a big percentage are in here yet this morning. We have given, I know you have, all week, day and night, day and night, day and night. But this morning, here's what I call you to. What if we knew? What if we knew that today was all we had to do one last offering? for the great awakening to save our nation? What if we knew this was it? Do you think anybody will get to heaven and say, oh, I gave too much in that last offering? No, the only thing we're going to say is, why didn't I listen to you and obey and let you know how much I loved you? Do you realize that as that oil and perfume ran down Jesus, and Mary knelt down and let her hair down. That oil and perfume went through her hair. Went, she's wiping his feet. It's running down her arms. It's underneath her fingernails. And now she begins to smell just like Jesus. She begins to shine her skin because it's running all over her too. And if people weren't looking, they wouldn't even know which one was Jesus and which one was Mary because they have the same fragrance all over them, the same anointing that she was pouring out and worshiping him with. Was running back down her So that somebody would have to say Who are you it can't be you But these kind of things don't just Drop off the tree Like ripe cherries He has to have A heart that can be trusted And that always comes back to say thank you She didn't wait Till everything was paid She said I don't know about next year I don't know about retirement but I know I have him tonight, and I have an opportunity to love on him tonight. And he's going to know it. And when he stood there at the whipping post, oh, yeah, somebody did. Somebody did. Somebody did. And now the rest of them went to do the religious thing like the rest of the church tries to do later. Oh, we should do something too. I have a little oil. I have a little perfume. Let's do, let's, let's anoint him. Let's go anoint him. You know, the missionary Sunday. Let's all break open our coin jars once a month on the first Sunday. We'll do it on the Sunday we're supposed to. Okay, he's dead. That's what we're expected to do. Let's go anoint him. Too late. He's risen. You had an opportunity to anoint him, to love on him, to worship him, to thank him. But it's too late now. You're standing at the tomb going, huh? Oh, my religious thing didn't work. But I wonder what Mary's eternal reward is for the breaking of that box. I know that you may be here today unprepared to do what you want to do. That's why I took a week to pray, to seek the Lord, and take the keys out a week later. Do you think that she didn't have to put preparation in in getting that oil and perfume together and letting it run down Jesus' If you don't have what you want to thinking with this morning, there is tonight, there is tomorrow, and tomorrow night yet for those who will still be here there is going home to your church and getting it together and sending it in there is there is a, a pledge of oh God this much I will do today because I've got to say thank you today it may be the last time but I'm also going to write down that should you Terry this is what I'm believing to do between now and DC this is what I'm believing to do in the next day or the next week or the next couple of months but then don't step out of the anointing and go back to your daily life and and', and going shopping and going you know that was a nice day teaching but that was back then and I was probably just emotional and I was and then forget it or your heart has not been twisted and pulled up twisted and pulled up I will close this this session with this has he changed you has he given his blood for you has it washed you has it set you clean has he called you Has he anointed you? Has he healed up your broken heart? Has he healed your bodies? Oh, I don't even have time to tell you that one. A blood clot that threatened to, I was flown by helicopter in Tampa, the largest blood clot they said they thought they had ever seen in the history of the world. They still take pictures of it to medical conventions. Any doctor in Washington that sees my records, like when I get a shot to go in the foreign field or something, they'll go, you can't be alive. Yeah, I know. But let me tell you a story about my big god pastor came up to pray for me in the wee hours of the morning he and pastor adonic after they returned from ORU, you they said you can't live through the night and they said we don't even know how you live to get here but even if you did you will be on, on oxygen the rest of your life you will never preach again you will be on blood thinners the rest of your life and i was going all over the world with none of that in three weeks time just like the devil has tried to destroy so many of us, but oh, what would we give in saying thank you that he could not? You have an opportunity this morning to go to another place of intimacy with our Lord in worship and gratitude and thankfulness. And you don't just do it to him. Those people who say, well, okay, I'll do that to God, just not a ministry. Really? You must have a really tall pole to give your money directly up there and not put it through human hands down here. What ministry has he used to change your life? What faithful ministry that has never veered off the course (laughs) and they've risked everything? I had an opportunity to be interrogated by the communists in Vietnam for three and a half hours. I thought I was going to prison. And I remembered what they had told their kids and what about we may have to give our lives someday. But I thought, Lord, I never really, when they talk about that, I never said, I'll take that. But, <laughs> but Lord, what you've done in my life, long story short, three and a half hours later, they bring my passport back one guy comes back in after all this interrogation, all this, and he said, here's your passport. Would you send this postcard to my nephew in Dallas, Texas? And I went, yeah. <laughs> but would we be prepared to go that far? He tells those things and asks us, and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be a martyr. And then, and then it's this time, and people are like, oh, let's get back to the joy. Oh, huh. Has he twisted and pulled up our hearts? Does he have you? If he doesn't have your assets, your stocks, your savings account. I'm not saying you got to get rid of all that. I'm saying he has to have it and be in control of it. So if he did ask for it in a moment, you're like, that's nothing. Does he have your house? Does he have your car? Does he have your kids? Does he have your marriage? Does he have it all? If you think I took too long, let me just end with this. You weren't there the night he touched me. (laughs) You weren't there the night he wrapped his loving arms around me. (laughs) And this week uh, is like that all over again for me. even if you've made mistakes after you've been touched the river, even if you've been a fool, if you will sincerely get under the spout where the glory comes out and that soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb and say, oh, God, help me to be more discerning, help me to be more faithful, help me to be... He still, only our Lord, still raises you up again and says, I haven't forgotten what I put inside of you. Ah. So don't mind me if this display is too much. <laughs> Cause you, <laughs> I love you. <him. laughs> and I thank you. <laughs> uh, and I thank this. <laughs> I thank this. <laughs> Ministry. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Ooh. So I am <laughs> going to make besides the giving up this week and what I will do today, I <laughs> my church is probably watching going, oh no, here she goes again. <laughs> I am going to believe for something so out of our ballpark. For what the things we're believing for right now. Because that's what it's about. You don't take out of your extra. God didn't have three, four, ten sons. Okay, I can afford one. My only, my best if I really love. So how many are going to join me and do something you have never done before? to take back this nation, to take back this nation. How many true patriots do we have here? To take back this nation, what would we pay to say, God, save the United States of America. God, save our nation so that we can continue to get the gospel out to the four corners of the earth. You have an opportunity to do more than twist and raise your hand and say amen. And I'm going to ask you to listen to the Holy Spirit and do that today, tonight, tomorrow, tomorrow night, and whatever you can do in the next few weeks. But do not forget this moment as God is talking to your heart in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray right now for the same Holy Spirit that has been so gracious to us in so many ways to speak to every heart here, that no, many, no one makes a decision out of what is handy, what is easy, what I think I can do without, without really being stretched or having that gift of faith fall on me. But oh God, we believe for a supernatural gift of faith, the same one that rests upon these pastors. Lord, because we're on their property, we believe that that kind of faith floods the hearts of your people permeates the hearts of your people and Lord that you dig out of the depths of our heart tonight until we surrender all until we say like Abraham lifting that knife to his son oh God if this is what you require and then his eyes looked and he saw the son of God hanging on Calvary just a stone's throw away from Mount Moriah and said Ah, the Lamb Himself, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And as He went into covenant with you, you gave your best, knowing that Abraham would give His best. And we are Abraham's seed today, and we're still in that covenant that You gave to us. We give to You, and we surrender to You. Use us, O Lord. Use us, O Lord, in the harvest. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hello everyone, this is Dr. Debbie Rich. I trust that you enjoyed this podcast and that it is a life-changing experience for you, and there are more great podcasts to come and hopefully you will join us for each and every one. God bless.